We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and this is the Roto Baseball doing double duty today. He does baseball. He does football. He'll come over your house. He'll bake you a souffle. Anything you need. He's your man. It's the one, the only Derek Van Riper. DVR, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, my frittatas look a lot like omelets, and my omelets look a lot like scrambled eggs, but um, yeah, I can cook. All right. All right. Well, so, so maybe, maybe, you know, pivot off the eggs. Maybe you need, you know, maybe you should stick to the meats or something. Maybe, you know, maybe you're more of a baking kind of fella, you know, but we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out as time goes on. We've got a half hour here to spend and I'm sure we can, uh, you know, get swap some recipes and also swap some picks. Uh, but football is here. I get it, but there's a lot of fresh meat and a lot of people this weekend, especially who are bored waiting for football to start. And they're plugging, if you listen carefully, just listen, they're plugging money into Major League Baseball contests and they have no idea what they're doing, but you do because you are listening here to the podcast. So let's get you on board. Let's get you ready to go. Scherzer, 11,600 at home against Washington. I mean, that's it, right? Best uh, Max Scherzer lineup wins cash game tonight. Are we on board with that? Yeah, most likely. I mean, I think there's a pretty big drop off uh, between Scherzer and the other arms on the board because Chris Archer's coming off of the uh, forearm abbreviated start where he had that injury, you know, no structural damage. He's going to come back against the Red Sox it's on the road. So it's a tough spot for him. You worry about the workload, maybe the Rays take it easy with him. They almost certainly will if he feels anything in his arm and at least lets anyone know about it. Uh, so Scherzer, I think at 11-6 is just the cash play. There's not a lot that I like for alternatives and for tournaments this is a weird slate this is a very weird slate usually on a friday there are three or four arms you can pretty easily say this is the guy that i think is going to win the tournament tonight patrick corbin's expensive now like he's 9500 <laughs> well he's earned Pops. it in all fairness he has earned it oh yeah he has and i think i think the only thing i have a hard time with 
is the home park. Like San Diego is a great matchup. They strike out. They're not very good. But Chase Field still scares me a little bit. When I see the at ARI in bold, I get a little bit nervous about using a pitcher in that spot. Yeah, I can understand that. I'll tell you what, you know, if you're looking GPP arms, you know, you've got Irvin Santana uh, against Kansas City, who's, you know, despite all of all hope, he's, he's pitched well. But I think $8,400 Mike Clevenger is the guy where I begin and end my GPPs. You know, the last two starts for him, he's got 15 Ks over his last 12. He's only walked three guys, back-to-back quality starts, back-to-back wins. The Indians are playing good baseball right now. The matchup is strong. He's at home. He's against Wade Miley, who's a complete, you know, train wreck. So, for me, I think Clevenger is my clear guy where I say GPPs. I don't want to screw around with the Darvishes and Tanakas. Too much inconsistency there. And I certainly don't want to pay up. And it's funny because I think tonight is a night because you're going to get a lot of new folks playing and, and playing. And I was like, oh, well, it's baseball tonight. I know baseball. And they're going to see Max Scherzer and I goes, oh, it's so expensive. I can't figure out a Max Scherzer lineup. And they're going to plug in 50-50s that are going to have Tanaka lineups. You're going to have you Darvish lineups. You're going to have all kinds of stuff floating around here. But I'm telling you right now, you just stick with Max Scherzer. I think you'll hit all those pay lines. I think you just don't get fancy either, right? Because once you go past Clevenger, you know, it's Pomeranz, it's Stroman, it's Lackey. I mean, you know, Colin McHugh, you want to make a case for him against Oakland? Maybe. <laughs> well, right. You don't feel great about it, but I mean, it's more like you take the matchup. He's going against Gerald Cotton, who's back up now with his five and change ERA. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling Jarrell Cotton. I mean, Giolito is kind of interesting coming off a big start against the Rays. He's home again. It's against the Giants. The Giants don't strike out a lot, but they're they're not a good offense. So I think there's maybe some GPP appeal with Lucas Giolito. Uh, Luke Weaver is kind of expensive too, 9000 Like I like Luke Weaver, but I wonder if he's been doing damage in part because he's had just a really soft landing spot. These last three starts have been against the Giants, the Brewers, and the Padres. Combined 29 strikeouts. And, and good players have to make their layups. You can't blame Luke Weaver for having an easy schedule. But maybe the Pirates are at least a tier better than those offenses as mm-hmm. far as reducing Ks. 9000 is a fair price on him, but not one that I'm expecting to pay, at least as my primary GPP option. Yeah, and then you got Jimmy Nelson, whose home road splits have been pretty, you know, pretty stark this year. And I'd say at 8700 although he's tempting. Look, you know, it, it is the Cubs, and the Cubs' offense is always tough. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of the last outing he had against the Cubs. It's been a while since he's gone against him, even though it's in division. I'm trying to scroll through and remember the last one he had against him and what that was like. And, in fact, actually, has he pitched against the Cubs? He hasn't. No, this is first start this year against the Cubs, which is odd. I guess he's just never fallen on that day. So that actually, you know, brings Jimmy Nelson a little bit more to the forefront for me. You know the strikeout rate's going to be good. You know, Nelson's a strong pitcher, although he's been much stronger at home. But then again, I come back to the same thing where I feel better about the $300 savings and Clevenger in his own ballpark against the Baltimore Orioles, who are a good offense, mind you, but still an offense where there's plenty of strikeouts to be had. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely something to be said for that with, with Clevenger as a guy that I think will be reasonably low-owned, too. And I think that's that's pretty interesting. Nelson... I just I don't want to mess with the Cubs offense. I really don't. And I think Nelson's fairly priced for what he could do, but I will not be the guy that has him. Yeah, and, and I can't argue with it. Look, it's just very clear tonight. GBP is going to be wild, wild west unless you're, you know, really slipped down there and 
to stick with Clevenger, build lineups around, which at 84, any any GPP armor in that mid-eight range is pretty responsible that you can go in there. You can get a couple of the big bats you want. You can get some stack action that you want and make it worth doing. All right, let's go over to the – oh, actually, you know what? Before we do, since pitcher's bad, let's troll him a little bit, okay? Let's go down to the bottom. Let's find these guys we want to target against. You got Jordan Lyles pitching in Arizona. You've got uh, Buck Farmer, who we love the Buck Farmer, uh, going against Toronto. You've got Seth Lugo hosting the Cincinnati Reds. So there's definitely some guys out there where, you know, Reds stack, you want to talk Toronto stack, you want to talk Arizona. Arizona's been terrific, even with Goldschmidt banged up. Right now, it's kind of hard not to find love for Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's going to be a really popular stack. At least there's a few low-end starters going that will spread around the, uh, the, the ownership a little bit. Where does that line go up to? I mean, Jake Thompson goes on the road to face the Nats. And using Nats against him makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yankees against Martin Perez. Some Mariners against Ricky Nolasco. Jose Urini is cheap, but probably not cheap enough. to like, oh, He's cheap enough where I'd at least think about it if I was trying to make the ultimate GPP. Like, well, no one's going to have this lineup, but I, I just don't, I don't really play that way. No, I, I don't either. You know, I, I understand why people do, but I think those are your multiple lineup people where they're okay doing that, you know? They're all bankrolling me if they're doing that, and that's fine. That's good Good for people to have bigger bankrolls than me. It's a lot of people, but <laughs> 6,300 in Urania is not indicative of the kind of pitcher he actually is. I think he's one of the few guys I look at at the bottom and say, I don't think I'm going full stack against him. Like, I, I think it could go wrong. Part of that's the Braves being the Braves. Part of that's Urania being somewhat interesting. Yeah, Perez, Thompson, Nolasco, Lugo, Farmer, Cotton, I think you can, you can pick on. Lyles, Ian Kennedy's only 5,500. What's up with that? Like, it, it, he's been pretty bad. Like, do, you, do you pick on Ian Kennedy with a twin stack? Uh, maybe, but I'll tell you what, the one I want more than anyone that we've mentioned so far is Cleveland. Cleveland against a left-hander, Wade Miley. Give me the Encarnacion right-handed power there. Uh, I'm good with that. You know, I, I want to see it. Cleveland, I mean, Jose Ramirez has been on fire over the last week and change. So uh, that's another one where I look at those guys at home and I say, sign me up. And the weather is good there. You know, no weather issues with a lot of these games today that we're talking about. So that's a big positive also. But look, there's no shortage of offensive places to go and, and figure out. And look, it might be an oppo one that ends up winning it. It might be a Colorado having a good night against Darvish that nobody expects. But right now, I think, you know, this is a this is a time in September where I think the careful DFS baseball player can make back maybe a tough summer because there's a lot of fresh NFL money, people investing who want to play, who want to get in a little bit of action while they're waiting. And they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand how to approach a slate. They don't understand how to stack players accordingly. They don't understand how to look for expected totals. They're just playing for fun, which is great, but that's opportunity, and opportunity is is good. All right, let's go to the catcher spot here. Let's talk about Yasmani Grandal, 3K. You got Yadier Molina, 3K. This has kind of been the soft spot, or should I say the sweet spot, really, for uh, – for catcher the last couple of weeks here, that 3K range here. Grandal to me against the the lefty is is certainly where I would want to go. Uh, excuse me, the righty Marquez. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the catcher slate? Anybody popped immediately out to you? Yeah, I mean, Sal Perez again. We talked about him. Oh, 2,400 the other day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ridiculous how cheap he still is. 2,700 is the price. Uh, until they change it, he's always going to be in consideration. This is being a bigger slate. I don't feel as compelled to say he's the only option. That was the case 
when we talked about the Thursday slate. Uh, but yeah, you look through some of these options and it, it gets it gets interesting because this time of year with roster expansion, there are a ton of catchers in the pool. Like teams mm-hmm. are carrying three now. And some teams are actually using three, which means the the bottom end cheap guy that mostly has just hit triple A pitching his whole life can get a chance and come in and be like a DFS sort of hero. Um, so I'm always looking for the lineups, you know, in the afternoon too and saying, oh, well, hey, look, Rob Brantley's playing today. And, and like if he's hitting higher in the order than you expect, that's the kind of guy that I throw in there. Uh, Brantley today happens to get a lefty, so that's not the best example. But you, you get the point where it's like things you wouldn't think about doing at catcher are possible in September because they open up salary relief. Yeah, and you still got a big names too, like Jonathan Lucroy's had a good couple uh, games here over this week at 2,600. Yeah, the matchup is good against, you know, a good pitcher in terms of you Darvish, but, you know, Lucroy may be shaking the dust off of a bad season a little bit here late. And, you know, again, when you're looking for guys who are professional hitters, I still put Lucroy in that grouping. I know Perez didn't hit yesterday when we talked about him, but that doesn't make it a wrong pick. You know, you know, you got to realize with DFS baseball as opposed to football, you have a lot more room for error when the best players are failing 70% of the time or more. That makes it a much tougher game. This is not like football. You know, there's not extra at-bats most of the time. <laughs> Usually everyone's going to have, you know, their three to four at-bats. That's what the night's going to look like. So you're looking for some options there. Anybody on the top of the board that's intriguing to you to pay up for, it's funny. You know, the top of the board, not super expensive. You do have Posey dealing with the finger issue against Giolito, uh, Castillo against Clevenger, but I would fade away from that because I'm on Clevenger tonight. But really, I mean, catcher just looks kind of like go find a cheap one, plug him in, and move along. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I guess if I were paying up for one and not knowing who's in the lineups for some of those cheaper options, Brian McCann at 2800 maybe against Cotton, that, that kind of makes sense as a, a lefty-righty play in a good lineup over-under in that game's nine. Cotton's had a lot of difficulty this year. You know, that's that's all pretty pretty interesting. Like I, I think that's a good setup for Brian McCann. All right. Now, first base, Paul Goldschmidt saying that he's going to try to return to the lineup on Friday. If he's in the lineup against Lyles at home, do you plug him in there at 42 and hope that the ownership percentage is so low and he goes off, or is it enough to scare you because there's a depth where you just don't have to take that risk? Man, I, I look at it and I, I want as much exposure to Jordan Lyles as possible. So if Goldie is good to go, he's in my lineup. Maybe you get him low owned in a great spot at home. Uh, And it's been four games now. So he thinks he can come back Friday. It's very much up in the air. Uh, But I I have no, I have no problem using him once the Diamondbacks are comfortable using him, especially if the matchup is against Jordan Lyles. I mean, that's, that's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Lyles is the gift and Jordan Lyles is the gift that keeps on giving. Remember when he was a thing in Houston, remember he was going to be a, you know, a game changing arm for them. They really, you know, <laughs> it's a good thing that they've turned over things because they really have done a good job the last couple of years after that, uh, bringing in some, some prime talent. All right, let's keep looking at the rest of the slate at $4,200, the same price. If you get afraid, or if you're doing multiple lineups tonight, you can have one that's got Goldschmidt, another one's got Encarnacion at 4,200. Love him against the lefty Miley, as I had mentioned earlier. You got Freddie Freeman at 4,100 tonight. Uh, he is going against Urena, the right-hander, left-hander matchup there. Uh, Freeman, always a solid guy, whether it be cash game or GPP. He always has that upside. Let's go down a little bit further here. Uh, maybe a guy that's, I don't know what, tailing off of maybe less discussion right now, and that's Cody Bellinger. He's got a righty-lefty matchup as well. Uh, still putting up points, you know, not quite at the pace he was before, but 3,900. Is Bellinger in play for you tonight against Marquez? 
yeah, Bellinger is one of the more expensive first basemen that I would consider. Uh, you look at him and, and Goldschmidt, if he's in, as the two, probably my two favorite plays along with Encarnacion from that upper tier. And with Bellinger, like it's weird to get a slight discount on him. You just don't expect that at all. Uh, then I see Jose Abreu. Now, yeah, that was where I was going next. You read my mind. <laughs> home against Matt Moore. So ready-lefty, yeah, the lineup around Jose Abreu right now is not good, but that's a great price, especially for tournaments. Jose Abreu is going to be in the middle of that order. We know he can do damage. I love the Jose Abreu price tonight, so I think he's a great option at 3300 All right, contrarian play here against the expensive Patrick Corbin. Will Myers at 33 a very streaky player historically. Um, right now, I would say on a better streak, he's got a ton of multi-hit games this week. He's got four actually already. Uh, to me, I think Will Myers has a little contrary appeal if you want to go that route, if you want to fade the top of the board completely. Is there anybody else here? first base before we turn the page that is you know useful or potential for you you know yonder alonzo at 3100 is very fairly priced against ricky nolasco he's home we know nolasco serves up plenty of long balls so i could see the case for that as well uh yeah will myers had a weird season like i i don't have him anywhere like i'm I'm not living this in in season long and because of the the long like kind of three-month swoon uh in the middle of the season like i really haven't used him a lot in dfs either yeah, I, I guess it's funny. I haven't used him at all. And I'll tell you this, on top of it, I haven't had him in any season-long leagues either. And, you know, it's because he's a streaky kind of player he is because I also thought in season-long he was a little over-hyped coming off the big year that he had and a lot of, you know, a lot of talk. And he's a good player, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think he was worth quite the investment he was going considering the position he played. Uh, but for tonight, you know, in Arizona – Corbin's been terrific, but still, you know, I think there's a little bit of appeal there on the GPP side. All right, third base, Manny Machado, top of the board, 4,300, but he's against Clevenger, and I'm actually going to lean towards Clevenger here. I'm staying by my guns. He got Brian at 42 against Nelson. Alex Bregman, you want to talk about good second halves. Bregman is, you know, one of the top of the list. He's got Cotton. Uh, I think 41 for Bregman is fair. It's paying up, but it's fair considering how good he's been. Then you got Nolan Arenado at 4K, who usually is at the top of this board. But, you know, it's it's been a, a sluggish second half a little bit for him. However, great night the other night. Uh, in fact, you and I talked about this, did we not? Where uh, when a guy gets to 2,600 and then Nolan Arenado's talent, you, you should plug him in there. And uh, it worked last time I checked. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. I mean, it, it can. It, it can pay. Like it, it's just. It pay, it, oh, it paid the other night with a thirty-eight point two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can do that. Like there, there's nights where it's it's zero because he's priced down for a reason. But mm-hmm. when it hits, it, it can be pretty great. Uh, I'm looking at Jake Lamb at three thousand and wondering what happened. Did the price algorithm get drunk? Because Jake Lamb home <laughs> against any righty is really interesting. Home against Jordan Lyles at that price, that's an auto play. I mean at least in cash. I understand the implications of fading him in GPPs, but that's way below a lot of the other high-end third basemen on this slate. If you want to get away from Lamb and spend a little more, 700 more gets you Josh Donaldson against Buck Farmer. So I like that a lot too. So for me, it's like Lamb is my first choice. Donaldson's the second choice. And there are plenty of viable pivots at other price points. Todd Frazier at 3,100 is kind of in play for me too. Yeah, there's a couple of those guys, but I agree with you. Lamb is the one, it, it, you know, look, I, I understand, you know, here, here we go again. You want to go splits. You want to worry about this, but it's Jordan Lyles. It's the right-handed pitcher. It's the right ballpark. 
I don't understand why it's quite so down. I, I don't get it at all. And it's not like he hasn't been hitting because he's been pretty good of late. You know, he's, he's, he's putting up, look, the last two nights weren't good, but during the week he's still returning three times value. And that's all you want from a guy most nights in a 3K. That's all you need him to do. So, I mean, there's, there's a plethora of options here at third base where you do not have to, you know, pay too much or, or go too crazy, and, and you can get some very affordable third baseman in there. All right, let's go to second base. Brian Dozier having a great second half, too. He's top of the board, 44. You got Scope on the road in Cleveland, 4K. Jose Ramirez, unfortunately, dealing with that wrist issue, but he was on fire before that. Uh, I'm not sure. Is he out of the lineup tonight? I don't know if we have news on that yet. Jose Ramirez? Yeah, he's not in the lineup Thursday because of the sore wrist. That's one of these things that might be a – uh, more of a game time decision. So at 39, I think that's a little risky to worry about. But the good news is the pivot at 39 is Jose Altuve. What? Mm. How is how is he there? That's another one. Like like the lamb pricing. Yeah, Ramirez just seems like he's truly day to day right now. I don't think he's like out for a week or anything like that. Yeah, but that you know it because it's a wrist. I wonder does that make it worse for you? Yeah, I think you just kind of leave it alone. I mean, sure, it's a good matchup against Miley, but there are, there are plenty of alternatives. With this being a big slate, you don't have to take on that kind of risk. You know, with Goldschmidt, it's different because if, if he comes back, it, if they waited. They already, they already waited a few days and it should be close to normal. With Ramirez, it might be more like they're pushing him back too quickly. And we know the Indians have opened up a pretty nice lead in the central too, so they may err on the side of caution anyway. Uh, but as far as the alternatives go, Altuve at 3,900 seems like an essential building block finally seeing a more uh, reasonable like expensive price on Daniel Murphy. He's not this mm-hmm. autoplay like low 3000s guy that he has been several times. So it's kind of a toss up between those two. El Tuve is probably going to be a lot higher own than Murphy based on those prices, but I'm okay with that. I mean, the setup is, is great for Jose El Tuve tonight. What have you been doing with Scooter Jeanette? <laughs> He's 3,500. We talked about, him, I think on the Thursday pod too. It, it's so weird. It's so counterintuitive for me to pay like a mid $3,000 price. For a guy that I always thought was just kind of a, a righty killer with like 15 home run pop. And he's that, and he's got the righty tonight. Uh, it, it's not the best ballpark factor, but it's it's okay. It's fine. I, I think to me it's all about his pricing and the fact that now he's gone from a 3K guy to a 35K guy on a night where you got Murphy for 300 more and Altuve for $400 more. I, I can afford to go up that route. Now, if you're talking cash games and you want to pay up and you're looking for savings somewhere and you want Scherzer, okay. But I think you're going to have to do better than that in order to get Scherzer tonight because he's almost 12000 So, to me, I think you might have to go more down toward that, you know, Rognando Door type grouping. You might have, you know, he's in that weird mid-range where he almost doesn't fit the cash game for the big-time arm. And I find I, there's more money I have left to spend because there's less appealing GPP arms that are expensive. So, he's kind of like a, he's like a man without a country right now, I feel like, Scooter. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really it's really pretty weird, but that's that's what he is. Like you don't have the confidence to use him in cash that price, and then in GPPs you're like, well, he's probably already burned up all of the the good fortune he could possibly have in a year. Like everything that could go right for Scooter Jeanette's gone right to this point from a power standpoint. So why why would it continue? I still don't believe this guy's a different player. At least that's, well, that's where I'm at with him. And then you have a professional hitter like Robinson Cano against Ricky Nolasco at home, 3,500. I mean, you know, why, why wouldn't you just plug that guy as the safer option too? You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's, it's just not enough of a price break for that specialty. He's like, you know, he's like a Seth Smith, right? The guys that, 
you know, you can plug them in that one opportunity where you know they're going to work. And there's been years where Seth Smith, that's, everything is broken right for him. And I think that's what we're experiencing with, with Gannett. And I just, I can't get there right now. I understand when, you know, in GPPs, when he was super cheap, throwing him out there. But now he's in the mid-tier. In the mid-tier, he's more of a question than an answer for me. All right, shortstop, Trey Turner, 4,100, top of the board. Lindor, 41. Andrews, 39. Of these three guys, the very top tier, is there one that's more appealing for you to pay up for? Yeah, you know, it's probably Turner. I think the the base, because of what he can do with his legs, is so appealing. Like, you, you look at that, it's like he's got the power, he's got the hit tool, he can run, does everything. And Jake Thompson is more of a contact sort of pitcher anyway. So if I were paying up for one today, Trey Turner would be that guy. Uh, Corey Seager, you know, I know he's been banged up, and he's, he's not going to be right until he has surgery in the offseason. Yeah. It's so tempting when he's priced down, he, he's supposed to come back for Friday's game, you know, according to Dave Roberts, but he's also in that camp of like, I don't fully trust it. Even though the price is so appealing at 2,800, I'm looking at, at Carlos Correa and wondering like the Houston thing, like it, it's just like Altuve, but even cheaper. Like how do you not play Carlos Correa at 3,400 tonight against Jarrell Cotton? It's, it's really tough. I mean, Andrews at 39 is the one that's most tempting to me because Tanaka's given up so many home runs this year, and you want to talk about a guy who's just putting up points. I mean, we're seeing crooked numbers from Andrews every single night, and that's the problem is I think Correa is going to be very highly owned because they're going to, you know, there's a perfect example of a guy who, when you've got fresh money in there playing MLB for the first time, they're going to see the big name, and they're going to see the price and go, I want Carlos Correa. And it's not wrong. The instinct isn't wrong. But, you know, right now, for whatever reason, when you look at the game log and you compare him to, you know, Andrews, it's a lot more up and down for Correa. So if you're trying to use him in a cash game, it's, it might be a, more of a backfire. It might be kind of a trap tonight. Not that Cotton is good. Believe me, it's not, it's not a matter of that. And you got a guy like Cozart right underneath him at 33, who's another guy we talked about finally getting right again and getting back on the right track. Had a couple good nights, a quiet one yesterday, but still – Cozart's another guy I think you put in play there. Lugo, uh, you know, Vado, Duval, all those Reds I think are always in play against whatever Met pitcher they're going against. Anybody else here, you know, Gene Zagura, another guy at 3K we talked about. Why is he so <laughs> – why is he priced so damn cheap when he's hitting, you know, where he is in the lineup and he brings the skill set he does? Yeah, Segura, I think, is the, the best play overall because I think the Correa logic you you unpacked there was was right on, I think. You're going to have a lot of more, a lot more casual players out there who are looking at it and saying, "I got to play him. He's he's too cheap." So the the smart way, if you're playing GPP at least, is to look elsewhere. Segura at three thousand will also be popular, but he won't be as popular as Carlos Correa for no way more. So I think that's a good way to kind of straddle the line between high owned but underpriced, and and you're kind of giving yourself a leg up, pivoting down to Segura, and probably the more responsible cash game shortstop between the two. I think that that's the way you'd look at it too, where because, you know, because he's where he is in the lineup and because what he's able to do, you know, I think just more consistently can get you those points. Whereas Correa might have, you know, those six point nights and sometimes he's a 30 point night. Whereas Segura is a little bit more in that 12 to 20 range when he's good. And he has a little bit more of those, you know, Correa, the bigger upside, but I think tonight you're going to need that savings for, for Scherzer, you got to find it somewhere. Shortstop's at least a spot where you can find it. Over 2.5 million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription, plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes 
with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, void where prohibited. On to the outfield. All right, let's do it. Mike Trout, top of the board, 49. Stanton, four, excuse me, uh, 49 for Trout, 45 for Stanton. Chris Davis, 45. Blackman, 43. Mookie, 42. All right, top of this board. We know Stans brought the power. Uh, Trout is super expensive, probably absolutely impossible uh, for most of these guys with Scherzer lineups. But let's talk GPP. If we want to pay up for one of these big bats in the outfield, there's one that's appealing to you. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of cash left over if I'm using Scherzer and, and kind of playing those mid-tier infielders. We've been these talking. guys are out. These guys <laughs> the are all kind of, they're kind of off my radar as far as like the reality of my primary lineup. But I, I think the matchup I like the most of that bunch is Mike Trout against Mike Leak. I know he's the most expensive, but Leak's up there. And do you, do you think there's any pitch Mike Leak can throw that can actually fool Mike Trout? No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's that's impossible. And look, this is another team too that surprised a lot of people. It's played well. Uh, Trout is a spectacular talent. I worry because he's such a big name of ownership. In, you know, for him, I, I think that's going to be a, a tricky spot there. But yeah, it's it's hard to argue. That's for sure. You know, I mean, Mike Trout's been been outstanding here since he's come back from the injury. I'm JD Martinez is actually. You know, I want to talk about trying to get pieces of this Arizona game. At 4K, that's another guy where he offers you power and you're saving a fair amount. Right. Like a JD Lamb Goldie trio of Goldies in is really nice three-man stack. Yeah, that's that's certainly the way I would be going there. It's 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 even tough. Like you've got to find some savings there. Like you know, even in a in a GPP lineup, you want to add those names with Clevenger. You've probably got to go down to Segura at shortstop as well. Uh, that's a you know that just to find a little bit of cash savings unless you're going to pay all the way down at first base and not go with Goldschmidt. But if Goldschmidt's in there, I think you want him as part of that group. All right, let's continue down the board here too. Uh, let's George Springer at 39 against Cotton. Nelson Cruz at home against Alaska at 39. I'm actually a little surprised that he's not more expensive tonight. Yeah, I mean normally the the auto plan Cruz comes against the lefty, but I'll, I'll take my chances against Alaska if I've got enough left in the budget. I think that makes it a decent amount of sense. You look a little further down at the price list. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm scraping the bottom for, for value. And one of the first players that comes to mind for me is Greg Allen. A flat 2,000. He gets the Wade Miley matchups. You get some exposure to a lefty that nobody seems to trust. He's coming off the homer you know, on Thursday. Uh, initially, you know, he was he was scratched and then got, got dropped back in the lineup. I think they're going to, after the homer yesterday, throw him back out there today. So if Greg Allen's in the lineup at 2,000, he becomes a really, really nice third outfielder, especially for the Scherzer lineups that are out there. Yeah, he almost, you know, almost a complete game changer when you think about it. I mean, that makes Scherzer going from a, an $11,000 pitcher to a $10,000 pitcher right there just from an average salary per player standpoint, where you're spending somewhere around 3K per player, you know, in offense, somewhere in that range, at least the mid threes, that that's a, a huge game changer. Uh, you got Reese Hoskins, who's dropped down here to 36 uh, against the Washington Nationals. Are you buying that as a little bit of option there? Or he's just like, no, no way this kid could possibly hit Max Scherzer. No, it's got to be, right. it's got to be like the Arenado on Kershaw discount. That's where it's got to be. Well, we were good on that one. So I was getting, you know, I was starting to double down a little bit. I was starting to get a little, you know, well, you know, maybe. But no, I, no, I'm not that I, greedy. I agree. I agree. I'm not going to get greedy either here. Right, let's continue to go down there because we're going to find more uh, savings for you at outfield. 
Uh, we continue to go down this road here. It's not as appealing as one might think, although Justin Upton at 34, another guy who's been very good since he's come over there with the Angels, if you want to pair him and Trout and you want to go cheaper at pitcher, that's also not a terrible way to go. Yeah, Upton's like mid-tier pricing, 3400 very nice on him. Uh, what are you doing with the Reds outfield right now? We talked about it on the Thursday pod. They get Seth Lugo this time after getting Matt Harvey. You know, if Shebler's in there at 3000 is is that worth it or is that too expensive? I think it's right on the border. I think I think it's a little – I think it's okay because there's been a lot of other infielders that we like where we think we can get good savings in production, so I'm willing to take that risk. But, you know, when you mention Allen, you know, I wonder how much crossover there is in even in the GPP world tonight where – you know, you can throw him in there and really pay up if that is truly a responsible punt. Um, you know, the $3,400 Brian Buxton has gone a little quiet lately. Um, I don't know if that's enough to get me off of him, but it's certainly something to consider right now. Uh, and you're looking at the rest of this board here. You go Cameron Mabin at 32. Is that another cost-effective guy when you're trying to get pieces of, uh, pieces of this game against Oakland? Yeah, that, that could be in the mix. I, I'm still locked on the Cardinals outfield. I mean, Stephen Piscotty uh, had a couple of knocks yesterday, uh, just two singles, so only a six-point game. But he homered earlier this week off Denelson Lamette. Maybe he's finally waking up. I know injury has been a big factor for him. For, for a $2,500 outfielder, Stephen Piscotty brings a good amount of uh, upside to the table. So he's once again in consideration uh, for me. It, it's weird how... You know, when, especially when we have back-to-back shows together, which you and I don't think we really never have back-to-backs. If, if the matchup doesn't change that much and the price doesn't change that much, I'm comfortable using the same player on back-to-back days or three in a row. Like, I, oh, yeah. I don't have any reservation about that. I wonder how many players out there, when they're building lineups, are like, well, you know, I said I, said I wanted to play Piscotti yesterday, so... Uh, I played him, and he only had six points. I'm not going to play him again today. It's like, there, there's no reason behind that. You, you liked him yesterday for reasons that you can like him for again today. And I, I think that's a funny little quirk that some players might have. Like, don't, don't think about what you did yesterday with regard to uh, today because if the matchup is still good, the player is still healthy, it seems, and the price is still fair, do it. Like, play the guy again. It's, it's okay to run players out there multiple days in a row. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I, don't, I, don't, I can't possibly, you know, <laughs> applaud that more. I think people overthink things. And plus, when baseball, too, it's almost like the idea of, I like this player at this price point. You know, I know there's been some formats that you and I have played in where, you know, they lock in pricing for a month on players, and it's kind of like a mini version of daily. And it just, well, I like this player at this price. Let's see how he goes for an extended period. It's kind of that same notion, and you're carrying it over just on a daily standpoint. But as long as it's not Scherzer or Kershaw or some, you know, or Corey Kluber on the mound, all of a sudden, I don't see why, if you like that player and the matchup maintains, why they're not still appealing. And, you know, baseball does have a little bit of law of averages in it. It just does. So if the guy didn't go off that night, there's, you know, an even better chance that he could be productive the second one. And the plus side is, if other people were on the night before and ownership was high, you might get a lot of people to fade away because they didn't do well. So you roll again and, and you, you double down on it. And I think it's actually a better play the second night than the first one. All right, you can follow him on Twitter at Derek Van Riper. You can follow me at Joe Pisa PS17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great night of Daily Fantasy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.